What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Welcome to Movie Crush, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Movie Crush Friday Classic Edition. You know what that means, everybody, is every once in a while I get caught with my proverbial pants down and uh, had a guest cancel or something, and I don't have one in the hopper. And I've had to do this a couple of times, and I appreciate your patience, but I always try and pick out a great classic episode. I think this is the third time I've done this. So this week, I am going with one of my favorite all-time episodes when I got to sit down with two of my uh, professional peers and professional heroes, Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark of My Favorite Murder. That's right, everybody. If you're a murderino, you've probably heard this one already. But if not, get ready to be delighted because I sat down with Karen and Georgia, had a great time a couple of years ago at out, out in Los Angeles in person. And uh, they're just so lovely and wonderful. And I think so much uh, about um, so much of what they've done and their rise to fame as podcasters and it's, it's just a great show so check out my favorite murder if you haven't and listen to this episode right now where we not only talk about podcasting and and all that other fun stuff but we have a great great deep dive into the classic thriller one of their favorite films and mine the silence of the lambs check it out right now and we will be back next week with brand new episodes Georgia, when you uh, texted me to invite me to the uh, the theater in Atlanta mm-hmm. to tell a murder story, mm-hmm. I have never been more upset that I couldn't do something. <laughs> oh, nice. You had to go oh, to your in-laws. God. I was at right? my in-laws having like a birthday party <laughs> oh, for one God. of my family members. And, you know, you gave me like two hours I heads know. up. And that's, I was just that's like. That's how we produce. That's oh, how we do God. it. Oh, my God. 
So whenever you come to Atlanta next, next I'll just time. be kind of sitting by the phone, like <laughs> yeah. with no plans whatsoever. Are we doing That's Atlanta next time? I don't think so. Yeah. We will. We'll be back to Georgia. Oh, we have okay. to. What about North oh, no, Carolina? Wait, y'all are coming to, I thought you were coming to the Fox this fall. Then we're, yes, we no, are going totally to Georgia. We're super excited about it. <laughs> Did you forget? <laughs> we just don't kind of, it's so huge that we kind of ignore it until it's like oh. the day before. The Fox is like that's the yeah. the big theater in Atlanta that I grew up the big beautiful old theater. That's what we did when we were there last time. No, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I was so impressed by you just we, now. I was like, how the fuck do you know that? We've done a Fox Theater. The Fox Theater is in what Oakland. we're doing in Oakland Got this it. time. There we go. Yeah. yeah. No, you're gonna be. See, I know this. This is exactly how I was hoping this would go. <laughs> you're being so Georgia right now. <laughs> um, no, you're gonna be at the Fox this fall in Atlanta. And last time you were at the Cobb Energy Center, That's which is sort of say. outside of Atlanta. That was a good show. Yeah, yeah was. that was super fun. Was that the one where I almost re-sprained my ankle walking outside? <laughs> yes. Oh, because we were sitting. I have trick ankles too, so. It is so frustrating because mm -hmm. it it's that kind of thing where when you're trying to travel with people yeah. and you have a bad ankle, <laughs> so you're like a little limpy and a little slow anyway. Yeah. But then on top of that, like you do something dumb and then you're like, oh, wait, I may have just re-sprained it. Like I may have just recreated this. You stepped off a curb and there was no curb. Yes, but I was really mad because it started to go downhill <laughs> yeah. like it was a ramp. Uh -huh. So I assumed after four steps, I would have been able to step right and we were going to be on the ground. Yeah. I don't blame you for that. Like there was also like a parking uh, thing that I actually just drove over in a parking garage just now. <laughs> Did you? One of the, what are they called? Like the stopper Con thing? Concrete blocks. Sure. Yeah, the bumpers or yeah. whatever? And, yeah. Yeah, speed bricks. You know, what every fucking place has <laughs> Yeah, I just drove over. Yeah. I thought you meant the scary fucking claws <laughs> no. that uh, at like rental car places. Yeah, don't back up. I get scared driving over those going forward because I think, yeah. am I going the right way? Am yeah, I going the right way? You don't trust yourself or the mechanism. No. I actually one time was walking out of a parking structure and I was so concerned I was going to step on that claw <laughs> and have it go through my foot that I wasn't paying attention to the fact that the bar came down oh. on my head. Oh, my no. God. Because I was like looking down like this is bad. And then, and then all of a sudden it was like a thing went gonk and then down my face. Oh, Jesus Christ. And then I took like one more step and the lady that was in the booth. It, there are so many signs. Don't walk here. Uh -huh. Don't no pedestrians. Yeah. And I just blazed right up the center. Uh. And then she was like, don't walk here. Like, just like for in, oh, insult to injury. Was so you're like, humiliated and hurt. And and then she came in with useless yeah. information. Right. Where I was like, thank, thank you. I think I have a concussion. <laughs> but thanks for the reminder of the thing that I already forgot. And that's so Karen. You it's guys so Karen. are already being so yourselves. We didn't even know we were a certain kind of person. Oh, <laughs> this Dipshits, it sounds like. <laughs> Ding uh, dong. Well, and with stuff you should know with us, too, it's uh, I'm sure. I mean, I can tell I can hear it on the show. There's a lot of this like, what the fuck has happened? It's totally. In right. our lives. Yeah, because the whole podcast explosion in and of itself is kind of weird because like sure. we're saying 10 years ago I don't think I had a podcast but I would do them every once in a while and there right. were people that were trying to start it mm -hmm. there was a, there were a lot of people doing that like remember that there was that old it was called something radio and it was like out in Santa Monica and it was this big warehouse and there was just like 50 different really? podcasts going at once yeah they basically that first wave I remember watching p other people doing it like Greg Barrett and Dave Anthony doing mm -hmm. doing projects and then just sitting back going like why are they trying to do radio? Right. Like, this is weird. What Everyone's is supposed this? to try to be on TV. Well, I thought it was like, because I listened to them 
tennis years ago, maybe not that many, but like it, I thought it was like NPR style because it was all like mm. this American life and you like smart right. people shit. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't know that it was like, you know, yeah, like just blabber. It wasn't like that. It was right. It was smart people. It, a little bit more smartish stuff back then, but I think like it's been busted wide open now. And now there's room for ding dongs like us. Well, because when they, I think everyone realized you don't need some fancy producer, right. you don't yeah. need a studio yeah, necessarily. Yeah, you could just get a Zoom and uh-huh. kind of slap it up there and who cares? Yeah. Let and the then now decide. you're touring uh, the world. Yeah, and, uh, the Fox it's Theater. Just crazy. All <laughs> the boxes. Going to every Fox Any Fox Theater. <laughs> All the boxes. And your dress has foxes. Oh, your dress has foxes. Mm-hmm. Nice. Oh, my God. Gosh, yeah. Uh, how great. was, um, now you just got back from, like, didn't you go to like fucking Norway? And yeah. To Europe and then went to the, and all over. Yeah. And people are coming out in those weird countries that <laughs> don't speak English. Yeah, in yeah. Oslo, Norway, we had an audience full of, and a theater full of people that were laughing in all the right places. Mm-hmm. I, my thing, I think I only told you this once, maybe twice, but I was positive mm-hmm. because this has happened to stand ups that I know. When you go over there, your your sets are insanely quiet, mm-hmm. and even if they like you, they don't respond like Americans respond. Yeah. They're not verbal. It's not the same kind of yeah. Right. You know? So I I know I warned you at least once, but in my mind I was like, we're going to eat it royally in Scandinavia, <laughs> and we just have to bear through it, and then we'll get into like London, and we'll be okay. And instead of it being, it was the, exactly the opposite. It was like just as good, if not better, than any show we've done anywhere. Really? Yeah, Sweden, I think, was the best. Like they That's were, great. but it was a lot of expats too. So it was a lot of people who were right. like really happy to have a show uh-huh. there that they could. It's like a unifying element to get the murderinos in one room. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. we did uh, the UK and Ireland the, two years ago, and no one had prepped me for. Uh, because our experience in London was what you were talking about, is they're not very outwardly expressive. Right. And I think in Dublin, in fact, I think we played the same theater in Dublin. They were great. But um, in London, I was just like, holy shit, they're not enjoying this. Right. And after they would come up to it and tell us how great it was and what a fun night. And I was like, you guys need to show that. Because (laughs) we're dying up there. Yeah. Especially when you're talking about um, child murders and then yeah. no one's making, no one's laughing, which is like clear, good. Yeah, sure. we don't right. expect that. Right. We don't. But <laughs> just the quietness of it all is like, it, you just start to think you're a terrible person. Right. You're a terrible person. Yeah. But they're there for a reason. Right. It's their interest. But then normally we go into, you know, kind of bad things. We try to avoid child murder at yeah. live shows just because it's hard to come back from. Yeah. But yeah. but. Trying Usually to walk that back. The, yeah, exactly. Like, no, but remember when, but normally the, our conversation and our kind of banter mm-hmm. brings it back up. Yeah. And so that was, my worry was like, we were going to go down and never come back mm-hmm. up. And yeah. then it would just be like being at a, a funeral, like a recorded yeah. funeral where it's just like, that's not the point of any of this, but they get it. I think it's also because these days people hear what other shows sound like mm-hmm. and they get almost like what their part is a little bit more. Yeah. And they're just so delighted to be there in person. Like, you know how it's it's a very safe stage to walk out on. I'm sure the same for y'all yeah. as it is for us. Like, we can fuck it up in the middle, and I can be like, well, that was the worst joke ever. And uh, Jerry of the future, edit that out. And everyone thinks it's hysterical. Yeah. And I can't imagine going and doing stand-up. But I can walk out in front of 1,200 people, and it's like, it's great. I'm yeah, not even really. nervous anymore because they're all there to be supportive. Yeah. That was a hard adjustment for me in the beginning, having done stand-up. Yeah. When we were first performing, it made, I got super controlling because I 
was expecting that they needed this this like very um like accurate delivery mm-hmm. jokes time da 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 and the craft yeah and yeah and and like that we needed to hey if we do this then we need to do that and what i realized is not only is that not necessary mm-hmm. they want us to be doing it exactly what we do in George's apartment. all they're looking for is to recreate the experience in their ear holes yeah so they're best buddies yeah karen and georgia a hang they just want to hang <laughs> they just want to hang yeah which is a very nice safe feeling mm-hmm. where you like Dude, what are you doing? Stop managing this uh, comedy no, show. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Tell me what, like, of course <laughs> right. I was like, if I, if I don't listen to what Karen's, like, advice, sage uh-huh. advice is, I'm a fucking asshole. Because she's been doing this and I, you yeah. know, I don't know what I'm, I've never done. I've done, like, storytelling shows for 20 fucking people. Uh-huh. But I've also done live TV, so that was helpful. But I was, um, Karen would say to me, you do not, like, after a couple of shows, she was like, you don't know how lucky you are that mm. you never, that this is what you're starting with. Oh, absolutely. You know, you didn't have to be broken. I have not, earned, I have not <laughs> earned a single and thing. Yeah. And I know that. And I'm like the gratitude. I wake up every day. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is my life. And I'm so grateful. It's totally. very, very cool. And also it's just so much more fun. I I suffered when I did stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. I hated the I audience. I was a fan of your stand-up way back thank in the you. day. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, thank you. Okay, I hated it, personally. <laughs> I was not a fan of it at all, but it is also, it's just a very, it is incredibly difficult. Yeah. And so then I almost felt like we have to do this. Like, I just got into my head that it was, we had to do a whole different thing. And I finally realized, I think it was one of those Portland shows that was nuts. And we were, even though it was nuts, there mm-hmm. were people, I think they sold really big cans of beer. Mm-hmm. So everyone got a little <laughs> trashier than they yeah. probably even thought they that, would. That's always fun. Yeah. yeah. But it ended up, it was that thing where I went, it was like Steve Martin at the end of Parenthood, where I went like, oh, this is good chaos. This yeah. is like, this is what we want to be happening. Like when you're having so much fun on stage that you just forget that you're in front of, it's not because they're not strangers they're like your friends they know you yeah. for sure i know and that's yeah. sort of similar that's why i identify as like it feels like a big family and the thing that we always get that i know that y'all get is we feel like we know you we feel like we're friends and i always say you know we kind of feel the same way because it's yeah totally it's reciprocal and we're all uh we're all in, in the same head frame yeah Totally. Every single person we've met, whether it's like in the meet and greet after or live shows or in on the street, a person is like, oh, I would be friends with this person. It's never anyone weird. It's always just like good people. No creeps yet? Not yet. No. (laughs) No. Well, what's weird is it's always it's like a familiar person. So it's either somebody it's like, oh, this is my sister or this is this girl I was roommates with in college. It's always like of the, uh, you know, types that the cat life casting types. Mm -hmm. It's like the same four or five different types and of people. And even dudes, too, which, yeah. like, you know, they don't give them a f- credit on the show. But, like, the dudes <laughs> we meet are like, oh, you're my friend's big brother. I totally know who you are. It's- yeah. Yeah. So you have a, a, I mean, I know true crime in general has a larger female audience. But, like, I'm a huge fan. And I know there's a lot of guys out there. How does it break down for the shows? Just anecdotally. Yeah. Is it really? Yeah. There, there's times at the those meet and greets, which is very small amount of the people that are there but when like guys come around the corner we'll be like boys yeah. <laughs> like, because it just doesn't happen that often yeah or it's, it'll be someone with their boyfriend and then we'll go um we try to get it out of them immediately were you dragged here or did you, right. were you already converted before you came because yeah. that's the most fascinating yeah person to meet yeah and it's also fun when um sometimes we'll get 
like I never heard of you guys and I just came with my friend and like I can't wait to download this and listen yeah. and even if it's 10 people in a theater you think all right well we've converted 10 more I mean that's the ultimate victory right it's yeah. like someone who's like I don't even know what podcasts are yeah. and then at the end my thing is I always tell this to Georgia if I can see security guards in the room <laughs> listening he, like, laughing there's, uh-huh. because it's such a tenuous like true crime comedy yeah you can tell there's people who are like what is this? And I don't like sure. this immediately. And there was, I think that was a Texas show. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Where there there was a guy standing right in the front of the stage. And I just, I felt like everything I was doing was like, <laughs> this is for and about you, sir. <laughs> and he was cracking up. By the end, we had that's him so great. on our side. It was yeah. awesome. But I mean, it's, you, you understand that that's almost part of the job is like, you have to convince people that you aren't, that you, um, for our thing specifically, that, people go like, this is inappropriate, or you shouldn't be doing this or that. And it's like, no, 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 trust us that we're actually going to do it right. That Mm -hmm. we're not assholes. And that we're not, we don't think people being murdered is funny. And there's a complexity to it that we actually can handle if you would just give us the benefit of the doubt. Yes. And that's a really thrilling thing to actually be able to prove. Yeah. You know, that's great. And what a cool thing for you. Like you've had a long career where I feel like you've always been working in some way or another. And then, like, at this stage to hit this, like, point, it's, like, fucking great. <laughs> it's, you know? It's pretty magical. It, yeah. really, it is not anything I thought was going to happen. I was like, maybe I'll just get a one-level better staff writing job. And right. then, then I'll be happy. But, like, this thing came in out of left field. And it's I like, know. all right. Uh, <laughs> I don't trust it. I almost don't like it. It's so awesome and perfect. I still but... wonder, like, when is this going to go away? Right? Yeah. Oh. Absolutely. I was just talking to my therapist about that today, <laughs> yeah. like yeah. two hours ago. Yeah. It's hard to trust because it's yeah. big and I know. crazy. But that makes you appreciate it more and like try harder and right. all that bullshit. I think you just have to stay like grounded in that gratitude. Yeah. Yeah, because I would be doing this anyway. Right. If like I would be doing this with you guys just down the street with no microphone. So the idea that this is somehow right. our bread and butter yeah. is right. kind or of Or we magical. would still be recording the podcast if it wasn't like if it was you know, had yeah. way smaller listeners and wasn't, wasn't our career now. We'd right. still be doing right. it. 100%. Yeah. It's fucking fun and we love it. Yeah. Like we, I had a podcast for like four years that got, this, you know, not a lot of downloads, uh-huh. but it's fun. Yeah. It's a cool medium. I and, love talking. You know, uh, and now, right? well, now <laughs> it makes money. I never made money on it until. <laughs> yeah, that's the new part for yeah. podcasting yeah. is that it's actually becoming a, a true business for yeah. people. In a career, and it's it's that even gets a little scary for me though, because I'm head of content and development at our network now, so I'm in a lot of the meetings about the industry, and it's changing fucking hourly. Yeah, it seems like. Yeah, and like I don't even know what it's going to look like in a couple of years, so I'm still a little bit like, should I trust this? Do you feel in protective of the industry, like of the podcasting, a little bit? Where yeah, I don't want to let all these outsiders who who were never interested in it before into it. Oh, um. A little bit, but I try to like not be that way because yeah. I have like comedian friends who I know look at me like selling out of 1500 seat theater and they're like, fuck that. And like friends of mine. <laughs> that's what comics do anyway. Though. I know. They'll do that if you sell it's, out of 1500 seat theater. That's a fucking asshole. That's the. No, trust me. And I, I know I, I, I have plenty of friends in the industry like that that think like I didn't earn this at all. But mm. like, what are you going to do? People listened. 
Yeah. Sue me. Yeah, exactly. That's the beautiful part is it's like the people voted. It's yeah. not, nobody, nobody is related to anybody. It's not any of that kind of usual shit. It's yeah. just like, it's not our fault. For some reason, right. this is the thing people like. So I know. yeah, any kind of, any of that, I always have that fraud issue and that kind of like mm-hmm. um, guilt or something. And that's my, I don't know, as I move into my middle age i'm mm-hmm. just like who gives a fuck if, you sort like, of have to do that I you think. have to yeah. it just ruins the fun if and you're don't become a big people. asshole and think like i fucking deserve this right, like, right. no one deserves this yeah <laughs> totally yeah maybe malala oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh george i'm a little disappointed you're not drinking can rosé oh <laughs> do we have any but i have a uh in my purse she's uh, like i'll fucking do it <laughs> my our babysitter my wife and I's babysitter was telling a story the other day about being like super drunk and she was like i was drinking with this can rosé and i just heard that episode <laughs> Where you were getting like a little thick tongued. Oh no! And uh, those things are super loaded up with alcohol. Like eight percent. It's something like really high. Yeah. And she was like, I looked at the can and I was like, Well, I'm gonna have to torture this. Like (laughs) it wasn't just you; it's happening all over the place. Yeah, gotta be careful. That's why this last episode that came out today, you can hear I didn't open my can of sparkling wine until after my story was done Uh, (laughs) because I was like, Now I gotta sit back and listen to Karen. Just your commentary. Yeah, you did it. Hey, you can have a drink now. That's great. Uh, so where, oh, well, I know where you grew up, but for the benefit of mm-hmm. listeners, uh, to movie crush, where did you both grow up? I'm from Northern California. I grew up in a town called Petaluma, right? Uh, wrist wrestling, uh, capital of the world. <laughs> and it used to be the, but the egg capital of the world, Ooh. but I think we got, we got knocked out, but they still have the butter and eggs day parade every year. Nice. Aww. It's very egg based, um, society. <laughs> <laughs> It's really <laughs> And you're Southern California. I, yeah, I was born in LA and then I grew up in fucking Orange County. Yeah. <laughs> but I was, but I've been here since for 20 years back in LA. Right. Yeah. Uh, how did movies figure into your respective lives growing up? Raised on them. Yeah. Yeah. We had, um, in Petaluma, there's a, um, a theater downtown that was like kind of one of those old, they played Rocky Horror every Friday night uh, for, mm-hmm. for the longest, it may have been the longest running um, showing of that. And it was a really cool theater that they, every day they had um, a double feature that kind of went together. Mm-hmm. And so it was always like, the, there would always be like eating Raul and, oh, yeah. you know, it, whatever, <laughs> Fast Times at Richmond High, but like they would kind of, um, they cultivated it uh-huh. a lot. So, like, that's the movie where I saw Fame for the first time, and the it the like title word came on the screen. Intensely packed out house starts. Everybody started screaming, and then all these joints started get, getting yeah. lit up. And I was like, "Oh, this is like this is what adults do." Uh-huh. I was probably twelve years old. In fame, fame. It was just like, and that's what they did. That's basically what At they every did. Every movie. Or was it just fame specific? Yeah. I mean, I think those types of like, Mm -hmm. um, those types of kind of art, the artier Mm -hmm. movies. Yeah. Yeah. So it was 
It was a big deal. It was a very big deal to me. But my dad used to make us bring popcorn from home. Oh, no. We did that a little bit. My oh, mom no. famously like had a purse the size of like a car. Yeah. And she would just, we would sneak in everything. Yeah. it's But it's not as good. No, no. it sucks shit. And he used to put it in a grocery bag. Oh, so he would make like a huge thing, roll it up for you. Uh-huh. And then like, here, sneak that in. So embarrassing. Yeah, we did the same thing. Like my parents were teachers. We didn't have a ton of money. Just sort of solidly lowish middle class. Yeah. And it was a lot of money to take a family yeah. of five out. And well, this was just like, you're not four. allowed to have yeah. anything. Yeah. <laughs> That's all it was. <laughs> you don't ever get yeah, that. I don't eat popcorn in theaters because it's like, well, why would you do? I, I never did that. It's such a waste. Yeah. Well, it is insanely expensive. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he no, was right yeah. in a way, but it's like, I don't want popcorn. I want movie right. writer popcorn. That's right. I just want salt Hot, in my buttered. mouth. Salty yeah. popcorn. Yeah. Yeah. I'll still sneak in like the bottle of water every now and then. And it's just so dumb. Yeah. <laughs> like, what am I doing? It's just in my DNA to like take a few extra sugar packets. Yeah. You know, for napkins. the road or napkins. Yep. Oh, napkins for sure. Yeah, yeah. Those are my car tissues. Right. I do that too. It's time. I owe Starbucks about $500 in napkin yeah, fees. Yeah. <laughs> they have good straws too to bring home for your smoothies. Oh, that's good. Oh, they do, don't yeah, they? Like, good. You're just grabbing a handful of straws. No, maybe, yes. No. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Okay. All right. It's private. Um, what were some of your favorite movies growing up, like in the formative years, or impactful or favorite? I mean, I remember the night um, that Siskel and Ebert reviewed 16 Candles. Mm-hmm. Oh. We used to always watch that show. Yeah, I think it was, me too. Was it the movies? a weekend show? Yeah, I yeah. feel like it was on like Saturday afternoons totally. or something. Yeah, like weird. a syndicated thing. Oh, I loved it. That I just remember they started it. They started to run the clip, and I jumped off off <sighs> the couch. I, so I was probably like thirteen or something, and stood next to the TV, looking at my mom, going, "You have to bring me to this. You have to take me." And she was like, "Okay," and it was just like I had the most visceral reaction to that. John Hughes. Yeah. There was, was nothing made for like you. that. Yeah, it was made for me, but there was also nothing like that in adult kids comedy mm-hmm. like a smart uh teen yeah thing like that and um so she brought us to it at that theater and i just it was like i i was on the john hughes train from, jake ryan from, I, don't know. I mean forget oh, about it he's taken i mean really taken even as a dude <laughs> uh he was like i remember seeing that movie as a teenager and as a guy being like i want to like i want to look like that guy yeah and i started wearing preppier clothes and oh stuff like that but i had an old volkswagen and not a porsche he was like almost better looking than matt dylan which is really yeah. like my sister would kill me if she heard me say that but better he looking was than like, matt dylan he was like an updated <laughs> matt dylan for the 80s yeah yeah he was shocking yeah matt dylan i saw him recently in something i had to watch for this in rumblefish mm-hmm. and uh He's like one of those guys who's done solid work his whole career. Yes. But has always kept such a low pro that you don't think about him much because he's never in the news. You I never. Do. <laughs> is, he, is he like your super guy? Well, um, he was my sister's super guy. So I absorbed a lot of that from her. She's my <laughs> older sister. But like, I just rewatched The Outsiders. Mm. And such a good movie. Mm-hmm. Such a good movie. He's. You never think about it's not a kid acting, it's that he is that character. Totally. And he does that thing. Remember that scene where he does he does the thing where they it just shows them being greasers where they're like, you know, they come upon some kids playing cards in a field. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, That's the thing about kids. I- I just don't like him. And he does this like, it's very James Dean. It's very overly dramatic, but uh-huh. it is so perfectly done. And then yeah. they like 
like basically threatened to kill the kids and chase them all around or whatever. But I just want like, you are such a better actor as a like 18 year old or even a 16 year old mm-hmm. than you ever got credit for. And he had no training. They picked him out wow. of his high school oh, really? and put him into Over the Edge, that crazy uh-huh. movie about kids, you know, rebelling. Oh, that was, oh that's yes. right. Yeah. So the kids good. turn against the town or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And ba- and basically that was then he just started acting, but I'm sure he went to private classes or whatever. But uh-huh. I mean, he was a star as he was learning about acting. Wow. Let's talk. I mean, we can't not talk about Little Darlings, okay. which oh, I yeah. didn't find until I was older because I'm, I'm a little younger than you. How do I say this without sounding like a dick? <laughs> it's no, too late. <laughs> I'm, 40, I'm 47. Okay. And I know you're not. Okay, I'm not. Um, <laughs> we can deal with it. Yeah. Uh, Little Darlings, I saw it because I just had this like Tatamoniel obsession because of Paper Moon's like one of my favorite yeah. fucking movies. So I was Same like, I need man. to watch everything with Tatamoniel. Yeah. And then I was like, how did I know? I'm glad I didn't watch this as a kid. Yeah. I That was my first R movie in no. the theater. My cousin Cheryl snuck us in. And I was, I probably think I was 10. And the, the part where they're all standing around blowing up condoms with their mouth, <laughs> yeah. I had uh, the entire audience was going insane laughing. And I was like, balloons are not that funny. <laughs> like, why would people laugh at balloons? <laughs> I just thought that everyone was so stupid. I and was not I allowed to, to see part. that because I grew up a little surgery. church boy sure. and uh, reformed church, church boy now. But I uh, was not allowed to see that. So I still haven't seen that. Well, the good girl does should. have sex and the bad girl doesn't yeah. have sex. That's oh. the twist yeah. that you do not see coming. Who's the bad girl? Um, Christy McNichol. Oh, well, she was my first crush, uh. which I don't know what that says about me now. <laughs> but uh, I did the thing, and you probably remember this, where you would send off for like an address yes. to write a piece of fan mail. Yeah. I did this exact same thing with Christy McNichol. Wait, you should Wait, what? No, that was it. We oh, oh. probably wrote our letters the same week. Yes. And I've set off and got her address somehow. Yeah. And wrote her a, like a sort of a love letter. Oh. I did too. <laughs> you know, I love that show Family that she was on. Uh-huh. And she was, she played Buddy and she was like the tomboy girl. And I just thought like she was the realist. Everybody else that acted on TV mm-hmm. had this veneer of like, I'm sweet. And it was like presentational bad yeah. high school acting. And here comes Kristen McNichol and she's just like fucking being real. Yeah. And and really like um, she has a jo- Jodie Foster feel to her mm-hmm. in that it's like every she plays it all small, but it's all very real. And there's like an intensity to it. And I just thought she was amazing. And I wrote her a letter and never got anything back. And yeah, I was I like, I, I don't either. like her anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I cut her out of my heart. I don't remember when my crush ended for her. Has it ever? Probably. She's gay, right? Oh, she right. is. Yeah, I think she is yeah, gay. Well, Jodie Foster, maybe there's something to that. Maybe. Well, you know what it is? It's like they can bring more to the role than uh-huh. just the standardized, like, yeah. I'm cute, I'm pretty, I'm the cheerleader or whatever, where it's like, there's also other types of people in the world. Right. And then you're like, ooh, other types of people. <laughs> yeah. This is interesting. <laughs> a woman that isn't just in a dress, you know. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and, of course, the John Hughes movies were so big. Like, I remember seeing Breakfast Club in our 99 cent theater in our town. Yeah. Uh, and we would just take chances on movies. I didn't really know what it was at the time. Although I had seen 16 Candles, but I think that was before I was like, oh, this is the next movie from this director. I wasn't that savvy yet. <laughs> yeah, none, none of us knew what that meant. Yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't a thing back then. Pre-IMDB days. Right. Yeah. Before that was a thing. But those movies were just huge for me growing up. Yeah, they were so funny. Yeah. They were so interesting. 
it was almost like for 16 Candles, especially the soundtrack and the clothes those mm, kids wore. Yeah. I was like, this is a town in Chicago where everyone's cool. Uh-huh. And I want to live in that town. Oh. And like, would I even fit in in that town? It stressed me out. <laughs> I just was like, <laughs> there, was some, there was some part where Molly Ringwald has a blue binder and she wrote, she, the rave ups was written. It's like, you know, like doodles on the binder mm-hmm. that you can see as she's walking. And I completely wrote the rave ups on my binder. I'd never heard the band. I didn't even know yeah. if it was a band or what <laughs> yeah. it was, but I was just like, whatever this whole lifestyle is, I want. Yeah. I want it. And the notebook doodling and well, pre notebook doodling, I guess it was like the trapper keeper stuff. Yeah. And we were like young, young. PGs. Was that your experience? Or is this all like, no, hey, I, old people? She's, just... <laughs> she's 10 years behind. Well, I, but I had older siblings, so I kind of am still sure. there with the, you know, timeline. But then there was this time in, in high school where I, I just got really big into the 80s. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is my fucking thing. I'm obsessed. And so I got the soundtrack to breakfast club on vinyl i and then i also went to rocky horse live i was just obsessed yeah but you know yeah Yeah, so you had a little 80s thing for a while yeah but i you know growing up in the 80s i had no supervision so i watched all the same things Mm -hmm. there was no like you know nothing was off limits (laughs) so yeah i always envied those kids yeah i was sort of monitored I was the third kid, though, so I got less monitoring as I grew up. Yeah, us too. But um, coming from like a churchy household, like I couldn't see little darlings. And I was embarrassed when uh, I remember like asking my mom, so embarrassing now, but asking my mom to take me out of Greece during the uh, sleepover scene. Because they were in their underwear, <laughs> and I leaned over and I was like, "Mom, I don't like want to go. I want to go for because, someone my age." Well, and I just thought it was embarrassing because my mom was there, and growing up Southern Baptist, I thought like sex and nudity was the dirtiest, most awful thing that you could do. Yeah, and I'm still that unpacking true. that all these years later. I mean, that's that's what that's the great gift that a religion gives you that just keeps on giving. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, Catholic oh. though for you. Yes. Which is a, a different thing to unpack. It is. It's, um, but that sex guilt yeah. is so weird. It's just like what the, like feelings that you're having that you have no control over. I know. And that you, and that every other person on the planet has. Mm-hmm. And you still are like, Jesus is mad that I feel about I this know. right now. It's, <laughs> it's fucked up fucked and up. so damaging. Yeah, it is. Because it's biology. Yeah. And you're told that you're not feeling like the things you're feeling are wrong. Yeah. But that's a different episode. <laughs> Did you grow up wonderfully atheist in your house? That's a different podcast altogether. <laughs> uh, I grew up Jewish, like very, very uh, oh, reformed Jewish. That's right. And from with parents, especially my mom, who was like the where did I come from thing, like mm-hmm. from a very young age. I love so that I, book. What? I love that yeah, book. Yeah, it's the best. So I had to like rein mine back, like instead of being like, ooh, this is scandalous. I had to be like, no, Georgia, some shit's scandalous because my mm-hmm. mom would tell us anything. <laughs> oh, right. And sex was not a big deal. Right. So when I got older, I had to realize like sex is a big deal and you and I kind of had to put some, you know, right. like, brains on that. But the foot washing. But the foot wash. <laughs> Why is that so weird? <laughs> the Montessori the foot Montessori, washing. We had a foot washing station. Because that was a your principal uh, fetish. It was a absolute it probably fetish was, right? of some ones that should not have been at that school. Definitely. I'll probably pepper in little things for the murderinos because there are quite a few of them that are very excited about this uh, these worlds colliding. That's, I know. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah. And it's so nice. Thank you so much because that's so nice to have your own insane inside jokes referenced on another podcast. Uh, like, oh, no, you know that? I love I know. It. And I mean, I haven't even been listening that long, probably about eight months. 
Um, but I, I went to like pretty, pretty quickly and deep and started listening pretty rapidly. <laughs> Thank you. I'm sorry. Addictive. Yeah. So <laughs> many, so best. many messages. I was going to try and work in my favorite little rote things that you guys do, but, um, I'll probably just go ahead and tell you, um, instead of doing that inorganically, um, obviously I know that you probably know yours, right? Mine? It's shit that we do on a normal basis that oh, we've yeah. done our whole lives. And suddenly people are like, that thing you do I unconsciously, know. we love it. And then you get really self-conscious of it. <laughs> but it's the the, the best. It's thank you. Adorable. Oh, thanks. And for yours, what I was going to do is uh, my favorite thing that you do is, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> No one's ever brought that up before. Really? Yeah. Oh, do you not realize that's a Karen thing? I don't think I do. Oh, shit. Oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah, I hear it. My thing is the this exact, what I'm about to do right now and what I'm doing right now, <laughs> where I have to preamble uh -huh. a statement uh -huh. with four other statements that are like, here's the thing, yeah. and I need you to know this. It's like I have to stop the room when no one's, no one's going to interrupt me. That's great. It's insane. You and when, set up the scene. Yeah. When we had Paul Holes on, I did it. There was one oh, thing I tried holes. to ask him, uh, and I did it about six times in a row where I'm like, you sound like a crazy person. <laughs> you sound like someone who doesn't know what they want to say, but you think you'll just work your way up to it if you keep talking. Right. I love it. And I think that's why like our conversations work so well. Is uh -huh. in my family, like you can start in the middle of a conversation three weeks later. <laughs> and, and the person will be like, yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh -huh. they're right there with you. Like you just don't finish thoughts. You don't finish sentences. Right. In the middle of my conversation with my therapist today, when we were talking about something deep, she goes to take a sip of her water and it's a water brand that might advertise with us. And I was like, you know, and so I did the, hey, do you like that water? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and if she didn't miss a beat, we went, then we got right back to it. It was the best. Oh, that's great. <laughs> she does. She does like it? Okay, good. What's the water? Well, I'm not going to, they're not paying us to talk about it on this fucking podcast. All right. All right. Damn. Cut movie I'll give you a hint. Though. Oh, <laughs> See? See? There it is. That was That one was fake. Uh, <laughs> but when you get a guy like Holes in there who doesn't like isn't a fan of your show, I assume. No, he's never listened. So yeah, I imagine that's a you you probably do think he thinks we're crazy. Yeah, and also he's just uh, what I realized with that and all the feelings around it that we've had to unpack for weeks now. <laughs> sure, um, is that it's the person like I. I don't. I'm pretty sure you don't care about celebrities oh my per God. se. No. But these people that actually do this work mm -hmm. that we read article after yeah. article about, and they're actually the ones that do the hard, awful work that no one wants to do. Yeah. Um, I, it, there's a nobility to it. Mm -hmm. And there's like, it's what you actually project onto celebrities is what most people are like, oh, Matt Damon, he's such a great guy. And it's like, we don't really know mm -hmm. anything right. that Damon's doing. But like when you project that onto Paul Holes, you're probably going to be pretty right. Right. Mm -hmm. Because he, even if he's the worst person in, on the weekend, he spends those other five days yeah. fighting the good fight. Yeah. And so, yeah, when he was there in front of us, there was just that kind of, he was so good at talking about this thing we're so obsessed with and about the specifics of it mm -hmm. and about the real, the real work of it and the real yeah. job of it. It was cool. It was so amazing. Yeah. And not getting rich doing it. Like, yeah. Let's be honest. No, I don't think so. It is weird to go from this, like, you know, I think probably being in the entertainment industry just to meet someone who has like a purpose and mm -hmm. like <laughs> meaning in their lives yeah. is really, and, and, you know, integrity. And it's just right. nice to meet someone like that. And so you're in awe of them in a way that I'm not with the, 
you know, some celebrity famous right. actor or whatever. Right. Well, and you guys nerd out so much on forensic science and uh, people like uh, coroners and yeah. people who do autopsies. And yeah, so totally. those are the celebrities. They, it is. I mean, it's the hardest job. It's just like some awful thing happens that's so awful. Everyone mm-hmm. like turns away and there's a team of people that go in mm. yeah. at that point and clean up the awfulness. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like, that's amazing to me. Yeah, we did a, a crime scene cleanup episode on Stuff You mm. Should Know Once and like really researching the nitty gritty of that shit is just like amazing. Rough. Yes. Because a lot of times they're just civilians, right? That start mm-hmm. their own company. Yeah. And yeah, that's, and they're like, yeah, it's never bothered me. And it's pretty good money. And right. like yeah. why people make the decisions they make. I'm to good go. with the stain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have a and talent. you're helping people because yeah, like in Michelle's book, I'll be gone in the dark. She talks about a brother-in-law coming in to like clean up the crime, you know, crime scene. And it's mm-hmm. so, they didn't have that before, you know, have crime scene cleanup companies right yeah. so the family had to do it, it which is horrible to, yeah that's so awful yeah and that's like every movie ever with the uh the scrub brush and the yeah. blood stain on the rug we know that just, doesn't work it's a bit just of a trope come up but... yeah exactly <laughs> it's a trope harder and harder yeah hey this is jody sweeten from the podcast how rude tanneritos as a nostalgic voice from your past i'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024 You deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without painful finger sticks. So you will always know which way your glucose is headed. An arrow shows you where you're heading, up, down, or steady. It can even alert you before you go too low or when you're too high. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM available, you can make better diabetes decisions about food, medication, and activity in the moment. And all those little decisions can lead to big results. Results you can see, like more time and range and lower A1C. With Dexcom G7, you can manage your diabetes with confidence. Get started with the number one recommended CGM brand by doctors and patients at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Uh, all right, well, we can get into Silence of the Lambs. Mm. Um, here is my first experience with this movie, which is a little crazy. I was a freshman in college. And the university had a theater, like the university theater, where they would show movies. And then sometimes there would be like a sneak preview of another movie and you could stay. Uh, 
So I went and saw Dancing with Wolves. <laughs> and because I'm in college, I still had nothing to do fucking four hours later. Yeah. And they said, if you want to stay after, we're going to be screening a movie with Anthony Hopkins and Jodie Foster called oh Silence God. of the Lambs. You had no... Nothing. Free. And I was like, all right. And I, it sound, I heard Anthony Hopkins, Silence of the Lambs, Jodie Foster. And I thought, this is probably like a Merchant Ivory thing, <laughs> some period piece. Uh-huh. And cut to like an hour later, and I'm just fucking like, what am I watching <laughs> right now? Yeah. So I can't imagine like a, a weirder way to see that movie. And to not know anything about it going into it, but it was awesome. Yeah. And just like from the very beginning, it's been one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. It has one of the best beginnings. Yeah. That yeah. It's like it sets you at a place and it introduces you to a person and it does all these things really clean mm-hmm. and really clear. Mm-hmm. It, without words. Without words. And with her just struggling. And like, I mean. Oh, uh, with the, uh, like the Quantico. Yeah. Her running that course. course yeah. And getting checked out by mail. The big group of guys. Uh-huh. And she's all by herself. Yeah. And she has to climb that thing. Getting and, into the elevator with a teeny tiny little. Yeah. With all those dudes. Yeah. yeah. And it's, uh, it's just like, so I lived in, I was also in college. We're pretty much the same age, uh-huh. I think. Um, and I'd read the book and that, uh, in that crazy ghost story that I've told you. You so had I, already read the book? I'd already read the book. Uh-huh. Um, because my sister and her friend, my sister's friend, Adrian, uh, like was like, here, read this. And it was Manhunter. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, so then it was Science of the Lambs and right. Cause that's after in that series, I I think it is, I think Manhunter's first, but, um, but I read it over the weekend and then had a weird ghost experience (gasps) in the house that I was living in because I was there by myself. What was it? Um, it's, it's really long, but basically, um, I read this book so much that I kind of started to believe I was Clarice Starling, uh-huh. like in, as I was reading and it was like, this is happening to me. And then that night I went to bed full house that had, we'd already been having weird things happen, but we weren't acknowledging it to mm-hmm. each other. We were just like, Oh, I don't know. You know? And then that night I woke up in the middle of the night hearing footsteps out in the dining room. And I was like, I can't believe I'm going to get murdered like this. Like, I just completely was like, this is this is ex- everything I've always feared. And it's actually happening. Uh-huh. And I heard the footsteps come down the back hallway, walk through, open the one door to the bathroom, walk on the linoleum, <sighs> open the door to my bedroom. And then I heard feet on the carpet in my bedroom. I felt weight on the mattress. I tipped backwards. And I was like just frozen solid. And then I felt arms go around my waist and squeeze. And then it was over. Oh, and there was no, shit. There was no one there. Wow. And it was, you know, 3.30 in the morning. I called my sister. Thank God she lived across town and made her come and get me uh-huh. and stayed with her for the rest of the weekend until oh everybody came back. It was crazy. So but scary. I do know that that book set a tone uh-huh. uh, for it was that kind of thing where I couldn't stop reading it. So I started reading it in the morning and then the sun went down and the house got dark around me Mm. and I was still reading that book because it's just so like her alone trying to, you know, solve this thing. Yeah. I read American psycho in college when I was working the midnight to 8 a.m. shift at a convenience store. Oh, no. And I don't know how you're supposed to take that book. I didn't years later with the movie, it's like, oh, this is sort of like the darkest comedy, or at least the way uh, Mary Heron directed it. Tongue in cheek a little. I guess, because that's what the movie is sort of like. But yeah. when I was reading the book, it was scary as shit. Yeah. And when you work overnight like that, you just, the fluorescent lights were buzzing. And mm. for that like week, I was in a really, really weird headspace. Yeah. So I know like a book can creep in like 
movies can, but when you're immersed in a book over like hours and days, it can really kind of fuck with your head space. Sure. Yeah, because it's like a movie in your head. You're yeah. the one that's directing the movie. Actually. Yeah, you're so creating when, that. When we went to see, so it was the Tower Theater in Sacramento, which is a big old theater, really mm -hmm. huge screen. And so when we went to see the movie, I knew it. So I was like, well, you know, whatever. And um, it was like, we were, we all, when it was over, turned to each other and we're like, we're coming back tomorrow night. Like we immediately, we went so insane and yeah. it was the best movie I'd ever seen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Second only, I think, to, or up there with The Fugitive, which we also saw uh, in that yeah. theater. And I'm sure it was the theater experience as just as much as anything. But uh -huh. I just couldn't believe how I love to look for parts where I go, this is where you fall apart. This yeah. is where this starts to suck. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in, in Sans of Lambs, you cannot do that. It's, it's a, a damn near perfect film. Yeah. yeah. And there aren't many. What do you remember your first time seeing it? Well, yeah, recently I rewatched, I watched it last night, but recently I rewatched it after a while and I was, and I remember watching it in the theater mm -hmm. as a, and so I went to, to look what year it came out mm -hmm. and realized that I was 10 years old yeah. when I saw it. <laughs> oh, cause you did see it in the theater. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck is wrong with my parents and i'll tell you what they were divorced when i was really young and so my dad had us every other weekend uh -huh. and what you did was go i'm so like with our three of us and it was took us to the movie theater threw us in there was like go watch a fucking movie movie and leave me alone so yeah. my sister and i went and watched science of the lambs <laughs> she's like maybe 12 or 13 and i just couldn't believe it and like no wonder i have yeah insomnia and anxiety it's just like the most fucked up movie and i was in love with it and i didn't as you were saying too i didn't understand half of it migs and i was yeah. like what did he throw at her face i totally didn't <laughs> i don't know even think that. i got that when i was in college because yeah. I, I was uh i didn't understand flinging sperm no. I, I don't think i still do but <laughs> they did that so perfectly because that could have been a really gross salacious mm -hmm. and almost like they did that in exactly the way where you got yeah. as upset as you needed to be, mm -hmm. but you also it was not gratuitous. Like if Eli Roth had directed that scene, you oh, know, you yeah. would have seen a full on hard penis. Yeah, you would have seen right. like ejaculate. No, there would have been no mystery yeah. in, in any way, shape, or form. Well, which is yeah, sorry. No. Even last night when I watched it, and this is, keeps happening, as I see new things and I understand new things, mm -hmm. and I, you know, there's a lot of mumbling in that movie <laughs> that I didn't understand what they were saying at the time, uh -huh. and, and I kind of got things a lot. I understood it a little more. Yeah, it's just, but I think that's what happens when you watch that at ten years old. You're not going to for sure pick up on a lot of those. Also, your brain might have gone like, "We need to shut this down now." <laughs> yeah, you can't protective hear this measures. Clearly, yeah. But I know I remember watching it many times in my after that. So he must have let us rent it. At the right. fucking <laughs> movie theater, or the, what is it called? It's just really <laughs> did the scar super deep. Yeah. What I, this is actually a sidebar, but I just realized when you were 10, I was 21. It's the cutest thing in the world. I've never, I've never thought you were a different age than me. I knew it yeah. conceptually. That but drives like, it home though, because yeah. So hilarious. What if I'd come me? up to you at 10? I always think about this because my husband's older than me. Like, what if I'd come up to you? At 10, I'm like, hey, we're going to have a podcast together one day. You're going to be my best friend. And I'm going to tell you everything. You're like, get the fuck away from I me. Been, like, I can't wait to see the, the movie of y'all's story. That's, yes. that's going to be the most adorable scene ever. Hey, we're going to be friends. I'd be like, what? Oh, yeah, me. Do you have any clothes? <laughs> no, those burn holes in your lungs. Yeah. Wasn't that what they said about clothes that my mom told me there was sh tiny shards of glass that's in right. clothes. that's right yeah i love yeah 
because she found them in my pocket when I was in high school. And she did the classic, like, she came upstairs and she was like, I found these in your pocket. I was like, Bleh. and she goes, you can smoke them if you want to, but there's tiny shards of glass. <laughs> anyway, and like left her. I was like, I remember hearing that fuck. too. That's bullshit, of course, right? It's total bullshit. Is it? Because yeah. I've heard it put, too. Why would they put tiny shards of glass in anything? I don't know. Just like, please sue us. As I know my parent would say that. Yeah. yeah. Of course. It's the gateway drug, cloves. <laughs> All right, let's smoke a clove <laughs> right now. Are the grossest. So gross. Like most, like, I wish I was goth. I can't even get it together to be goth, so I'm going to smoke clove. Well, that's why I, I, love I remember that taste. The movie yeah. Lady Bird, they do it oh, so yeah. perfectly where she smokes a so clove great. and goes, lick your lips. And I remember that taste yes. right when that happened. Yeah. That sweet candy. Uh-huh. Before you can get your hands on drugs, when you're just getting your hands on right. what you can get your hands on, of like, yeah. I shouldn't be doing Or like, this. you get a little bit lightheaded. Yes. Yeah, it's funny. My daughter is almost three, and she was spinning the other day. She was smoking a clove the other day. Smoking a clove. <laughs> and she was spinning and got dizzy, and I made a joke. I was like, spinning, that's the, the gateway drug. That's the first one. <laughs> because you could see it in her eyes. She was a little drunk, and she was like, this Spins. feels kind of good. Yeah. It's like, that's where it fucking oh, starts. Shit. Keep your eye on that one. Spinning. <laughs> Uh, so this movie was the, um, I think only the third film in history to win the big five, mm -hmm. which is just amazing. And, and if you consider this a horror movie, which I don't fully, but it's the first movie of this type to win best picture ever, uh, and since. So it won obviously picture, uh, director, actor, actress, and screenplay. Mm. Um, so it wasn't just like, I think in anyone else's hands, it could have been, just a little tawdry thriller, but like Demi was such a master and I uh, was so sad when, when he passed away. Yeah. Cause he was, I think one of the more underrated filmmakers of his time. And that whole thing of, you know, he had to really fight to do that thing where uh, talking straight into camera. Yeah. They, they fought him on that. I, I think from what I, I saw some documentary, but I can't remember if it was the studio or what the uh -huh. situation or if it was other people on, but it, that was his vision that, kind of a lot of people didn't believe him. Uh -huh. And he basically got Jodie Foster and Anthony Hopkins to believe this was going to yeah. be the best way to do it. And I feel like that's everything in that movie is... It totally is. They're talking to you. When she walks up, you're walking up. Uh -huh. When he says, hello, Clarice, oh. you know, like that moment, it's happening to you. Yeah. And it's not just the uh, Hannibal character. Like, he does that with Scott Glenn. And all the, the sheriff's deputies in the room, like yeah. he has all those first person shots yeah. where you're Jody, where you're Clarice yeah. for a moment. And you feel what it's like. Yeah, I'll go home now. I love that. That scene where she has to, that's such a, such a they do so many things. I, I love that they show she is a beginner mm -hmm. and she has to try out these things. She's not automatically great at everything. Yeah. So that whole thing where she has to tell uh, what 11 like mm -hmm. sheriff's deputies her family would thank you if they could yeah. that whole speech she has to give oh, where she's so great. never done that before yeah. and she has to she has to assert herself and then afterwards telling him like it mattered would they look yes. to you they look to you it matters Those it's like little subtle thing. like the, when i noticed for the first time last night when i watched it that she turns around to put the stuff under her nose for smelling like uh -huh. yes. even that as a lady yeah, she turned is her a back. private moment and it's like it's yeah. embarrassing yeah. and it's mm -hmm. Well, and in that autopsy scene, she just, uh, like, I agree, making her a rookie or a student even yeah. was just a stroke of genius. Because when she's in that autopsy scene, she she gets that shit together so fast. Yeah. And 
Sorry, is that next door? Is that are torturing we good? a dog? Okay, it sounded like something bad. All right, beep, beep, picking up. <laughs> so during the autopsy scene, she gets her shit together so fast. Yeah. That uh, and I've seen it so many times, but different things like stand out, and that one really stood out. Is this is a scene that was making the men in the room sick, and she turns around and it's right there, and she's like, "All right, now now it's time for me to do my job." Yeah. I have to, I have to. A job I don't even have yet. Yeah, I have to level up and be in charge. And also it's that thing, that is what good mentors do, is they make their their, uh, mentees kind of like do the hardest possible thing Mm -hmm. so that they learn. And the way she is talking into that tape recorder, it's, she's not being the way uh, Scott, the Scott Glenn character would Uh be. Um, She's. You can hear her voice breaking and mm-hmm. she's emotional and she's describing these horrible things, but she's also like trying to keep it under yeah. wraps. It's just, and she does, I just, Jodie Foster is such an unsung. Yeah. I mean, she's pretty sung, mm-hmm. but I feel like she's levels and levels above what people appreciate her for. Yeah. It's almost like it's so natural for her that people don't notice how fucking great she is. Yeah. Like she's I such totally a natural. Uh-huh. Like I, I put a, a. She made it look easy. Yeah. Yeah, she does. And she, and she makes it look real Mm -hmm. so it's like there isn't a bunch of extra eyebrows or whatever in emotional moments i put a i tweeted a joke the other day and it was like am i really going to eat popcorn again for dinner and then i put up the (laughs) the gif of her going yes and it's that (laughs) and but the reason that gif is so perfect is because she has a single tear sitting on her mm-hmm. eyelid, her bottom eyelid right here that hasn't dropped and probably never dropped. Yeah. So she, it's the end of the actual are, are the just lamb still screaming speech yeah. uh-huh. scene. And she doesn't do anything except for her eyebrows come together a little bit sadly. Uh-huh. And yeah. she just goes, yeah. Yeah. But she does it like micro, micro. It's such good. Acting. You know why? It's because she's fucking holding that tear she's sucking that tear in <laughs> yes and concentrating only on not showing that tear fall yeah that's it's, like the feeling you get watching it right because she can't if she shows that to hannibal Lecter, yeah. like she has to tell him the worst story that he wants he wants the tears uh-huh. and she has to give him just enough to get out to get to the next step yeah. but she can't like fall victim or pray to him yeah god that dance like i, I, I didn't realize until the other day the way this is first described when Scott Glenn says what he wants her to do, he calls it an interesting errand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, is it a, you know, a job or something? He's like, it's an interesting errand. <laughs> like, fucking, are you kidding me? Talk yeah. about underselling something. Yeah. Yeah. And that first shot of him when the camera's going down that fucking dungeon hallway. And he's just standing the, there oh. so, like, erect and still. Yeah. Just, like, chilling. Like, I got, like, chicken skin right now. And you know that was his... De- choice and deci- those were like acting choices of Anthony just Hopkins. play it all like that he was going to be very formal uh-huh. and he was going to be very professional with her and he was going to be very kindly yeah and then the then that contrast when he's like <laughs> and all that shit yeah. is like then yeah. the, because he really is he's a super genius and uh-huh. he is this doctor and Ultimate he's all these manipulator. things yeah so he's like a genius wouldn't sit there and be like uh, acting like a vampire right. that would make no sense like you yeah. have to hide in plain sight <laughs> Dr. Lecter so like the whole, I think his hands behind, are behind his back, aren't they? Yeah, he's just sort of standing. There. It looks like a statue. Yeah. And the only thing moving is his eyes following yeah. her. Yeah. But that dance that it sets up with those two is just, it's like cinema history, like unfolding right there in mm-hmm. front of your eyes. So good. It's so great. People will think we're in love. <laughs> it's like one of the great lines of that movie. Closer. Closer. <laughs> that part. So oh. great. Uh, 
and and before that, you know, they set up with the the, the creep, Doctor Chilton, oh. who is really the villain of the movie. Yeah, you yeah. know, like one of the great movie villains is and that guy. Again, another uns, uh, like an unsung character actor because uh-huh. you don't think for one second that guy isn't real. Totally. Oh no. Totally. And he's one of those dudes that he's cast in that movie, and he can only be that forever for right. me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, all I think everyone in that movie, unfortunately, some of the, like the bitter, uh, more fucking players. Ted Levine, so poor guy. <laughs> I mean, that's who you are. And he's had a yeah. good career, but like it's. He managed to overcome that. I think he did one of the cop shows, right? He was on Monk. Oh, okay. I never watched Monk. He's actually done a, he's probably done more than Monk. Oh, he was also on, he was, he was one, just one on The, the Alienist. Shows. He was um one, oh. of the, one of the guys on The Alienist. I, I haven't seen that yet, but I, it's good. I know your recommendation is what makes me want to watch it. Who was he on And the I read Alien? the book. He was the, he was like the, um I think he had been a reti- the retired police captain or something. Oh. He was like, he'd always be driving around in a carriage and pulling up and telling mm-hmm. people what to do and oh, not shit. to do. I gotta go back. He's got the kind of a big blonde mustache. Okay. But that voice, mm-hmm. like when I first saw him in Monk, yeah. my, my mom used to love Monk, so it was always, always be on him. But the first time he's like, it's like that <laughs> voice comes out and you're like, I can't, you can't be in Monk. No. You, you have people in your basement. I know. <laughs> Yeah, I, you know what I didn't pick up on. This is fucking another thing that he was uh, the son, right? That the son of um, whoever was living in the house. Oh, yes or no? Oh, I don't think he was because he goes. She had a son. The son, I think, was the person in the bathtub. No, the, that was her. She had like long hair. She was an old lady in the bathtub. Oh, did she? Oh, I don't know. What was her name? Mrs. I don't know. I, I thought he was another guy that could also sew. He was. I think he was her son. Hmm. She had a we son. We have a mystery now because I don't know. I thought you guys were to answer all these questions for me. No, I don't know. That ne- I never thought that, but it was only because I already, and I don't know if I got that from the book or if I made it up. That, I, that I he know. worked with, her. he worked for her as a tailor. Well, she, I think it was her in the bathtub because she had long old lady gray hair. Oh, okay. God, that bathtub team. Sorry, that was so out of left field. No, I, I don't know the answer to that, and I should because I'm a good the host. One. <laughs> Benjamin Raspell. I'm just going to say that every time I don't know something. My favorite is anytime I need to use a phone, which is rare because we all have oh, our yeah. own phones. But I love to say, may I use your phone? Did you see a murderino made a fucking cross stitch with that on it? No. I posted it today may of I all day. May I use your phone? May and I use your phone, please? Then there's another quote from that that she made a cross, like a, you know, an um, uh, embroidery of. Uh-huh. Oh, I have to see it's it. I, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I guess so you good. guys get this. No, it's ridiculous, isn't it? Because it's people who like they like true crime, but they also like arts and crafts. I know. Yeah, it's so great. It's very high level. <laughs> well, we heard recently. This is a random aside, but our listeners, the thing they like, they like the podcast, and the thing they like next is books and reading. Mm-hmm. So it's just this perfect thing of smart people yeah. who like doing crafty, cool shit and reading uh-huh. and having good ideas and being legitimately funny. Yeah, it's, it's exciting. <laughs> Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without painful finger sticks. So you will always know which way your glucose is headed. An arrow shows you where you're heading, up, down, or steady. It can even alert you before you go too low or when you're too high. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM available, you can make better diabetes decisions about food, medication, and activity in the moment. And all those little decisions can lead to big results. Results you can see, like more time and range and lower A1C. With Dexcom G7, you can manage your diabetes with confidence. Get started with the number one recommended CGM brand by doctors and patients at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatible. Hey everyone, we took a little potty break <laughs> and I think we were talking about what's in the tub? Mrs. Because Karen is currently looking it up. We need yes. to get to the bottom of this. Um, <laughs> I just clicked on whatever the first um, uh, website is. So it's, it's definitely... I'm going to get mad when I hear her name because I'm going to... Like, Miss, I know. It's know. on the tip of my tongue. Um, it's presumably Mrs. Lippman's body. Mrs. Lippman. And that has been festering <laughs> in that old tub for the better part of two years. That's right. So All I right. think he's Mrs. Lippman's son because he. But he his name's her- Jamie Gum. Jane Gum. Jane Gum. She's even creepier. So no S's. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, J-A-M-E. Okay, so who is he to her? I, I think don't know. he was her employee. Okay. Okay, so like, he worked as a... But then where's her son? Yeah, this is what it was. Is it? Yeah. Okay. I remember now. Yeah. All right, Doug coming in with the knowledge. <laughs> Thank you, Doug. <laughs> I'm finally not alone. Uh, but also that's kind of the fascinating thing is that like he is a he's basically like this weird parasite that took over that house. Yeah. Yeah. Killed her. And then did he dig that basement? Is it already know. there? Or did it come with a dungeon? And he's like, well, this is per- this is perfect. I have to kill Mrs. Lippert now. <laughs> uh, so one of the more, more iconic uh, parts. Well, first of all, real quick, I do have a note here. When they first meet, uh, when Lecter and, and Clarice first meet, it's even creepier when he's smelling you know evian skin cream Mm -hmm. and he doesn't smell the perfume she's wearing he smells the perfume she usually wears yeah which adds a whole extra (laughs) layer of like what yeah which is pretty great yes He's a super taster for sure. <laughs> he is a super taster. <laughs> like, wait, literally. <laughs> literally. <laughs> Such a perfect like sequence there when they first meet. Yeah. Uh, and then we get the um well, she goes to the garage with the head in the jar. That's Benjamin Raspail. Uh, yeah. That whole 
My dream is to just go through that, the real life of that garage. Oh, yeah, really? that, minus the head. There's so many good, so many good items, like totally. things with fringes on it in the yeah. back. You're like, whose house was this? Yeah. Like, where's the stuff from? Have you ever done that? Like an explored a, a, an abandoned place like that? Oh, it's my dream. I go to estate sales a lot, but they're not. Abandoned. <laughs> <laughs> you just break into old ladies' houses a lot, but I don't take anything. My brother and I used to do that. My dad took pictures of like countrysides when we were kids. So he would drag us out to these old abandoned barns and things. And my brother and I would like scavenge and run so around cool. and like yeah. check old shit out. Well, we're from Orange County where everything is fucking just built yeah. up and, and mapped out. You didn't have old barns. We didn't have that, <laughs> unfortunately. We had that in Petaluma at every, because we also lived five miles out of town. So it was like basically every field as mm-hmm. you walked down had a, uh, like a chicken coop that was listing to one side because uh-huh. it was so old and i yeah we used to walk through there and there would just be old leftover farm equipment blades and hooks and shit mm-hmm. and we just like walk through and pick stuff up and yeah. put it down and walk away where it's like now I just, uh, somebody should have been taking care of that. totally <laughs> there's like dust and bird shit and just stuff Rusty we should nails. yes yeah uh hannibal kills migs um, in a way. Right. Talks, and, him, talks him into it. Yeah, talks yeah. him into swallowing his tongue, which <laughs> is the first sort of little bit of magic in their relationship in a weird way because yeah. you get the senses of viewer like, he's like protecting her. Yeah, he's yeah. punishing Migs for yeah. being a ungentlemanly. Yeah, he has, <laughs> a, nice way to say he has a moral code. It's uh-huh. just not standard. <laughs> right. Yeah. But it is there. There are things he will not accept and things that he, you know, yeah. lines that he crosses. But he but, like he respects her from the beginning, I think. Yes. But well, how hard would it be to go? Yeah. He understands how hard that was for her. Yeah. But also how uh how manipulative must he be if all he has to do is whisper to the cell next door and get yeah. someone to kill themselves. I mean, yeah. yes, it's a fucking psychopath, but Is that in the book like what he says? What he says to Migs? Yeah. Uh, not that I remember. Uh, okay. I would say no, but I'm not positive. All right. Because I always wanted to know, like, what is Lecter fucking saying He's all just night long? Swallow so your tongue. <laughs> he says, swallow your tongue in all these different accents. <laughs> it tastes great. <laughs> just try it. Uh, and so at the end of Act One, of course, it's funny, too, as a writer, like, you, you can, like, set your clock by it. Like, right at that 30-minute mark is when we, like, our story is all set up and he is on board to help her collect and catch Buffalo Bill. Yeah. Like from his dungeon cell. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that just sort of sets the whole story in motion. And then immediately smash cut to American Girl oh, by Tom Petty. The best. Yeah. And the best casting. Yeah, when she's when great. in any movie have you seen a girl that looks like Catherine Martin uh-huh. in that way where it's just, she is, it's not some starlet. It's right. a real girl that yeah. you went to high school with that you know that's real. Yeah. That's they everything in that movie is just so perfectly. And she done pops up way. a lot. And every time I see her, I just think, ah, American girl. Don't yeah. don't yeah. get in the fucking van. That's right. Don't yeah. do it. Get me out of here, you bitch. Don't help people. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what you guys preach like over and over and over is don't do that. Do don't not, help no, the guy. Help don't, no one. Yeah. No. Not at night. I know. Not, not with a van. And that's like prime example. Not when your cat's hungry upstairs. <laughs> I know. And it's so creepy. Like, you know, get in and like yeah. just a little further back. You're and not going to be like, like, oh, wait, this is the point where I'm not going to help you anymore. You're not going to do that. I right? know. Once and she you're in, you're like in. probably had an inkling yeah. as she's getting you shoved further she back. Pauses like, a li- like she does go. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's right. And kind of laughs a and little bit. It's just yeah. so like chilling and heartbreaking. It is. And it is. Also, uh, anyone that 
follows true crime that saw that movie for, for the first time is just like, oh, right now we're in a combination, but this is Ted Bundy, like mm-hmm. textbook Ted Bundy. This oh, is really? how, yeah, this is how he got all of those women to get into That's his right. car. His he, sailboat thing with yeah. his broken arm. And I then really? Broken arm. So it was always helping him do something? Yes. And then you'd go, she'd go with him to the car and be like, well, oh, my sailboat's actually at my house. I thought you knew. Just come with me to my house. That's where I need help. And right. then she'd get And he was handsome, so... Yeah. Yeah. He was able to charm their way in. Handsome and like, I think, low key. Uh-huh. You know, like yeah. he was, he would, it, it's that thing where people think you, if you're around uh, a, like a, a psychopath, that you're going to get a vibe of psychopath. Yeah. Right. When in fact, that because they're brilliant psychopaths, uh-huh. they're never going to give you that vibe. Mm-hmm. You will never see it coming yeah. from a mile away. That's how they do it. Yeah. And yeah, we were raised not to be rude and say, "Sure, oh fuck, this guy's giving me weird vibes. I'm gonna get the fuck out of here." I yeah, know. be like, you know what? Never mind. No, yeah. you don't do That's that. That's why you're doing a service. <laughs> like, be rude, right? If you have to be, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. We did a stuff you should know episode on sociopaths and um, had people write in, like sociopaths, write in <gasps> and say, "Please don't share this. I'm a sociopath and." Um, I basically spend my days pretending that I'm not wow. and I have to fake laugh and I have to fake myself in meetings at work and I have a family and I've talked to my son about it and like we're open about it and it's just fucking chilling to read. But also like it's good that they know this yeah. and that they are dealing with it, but it's just they're scary. Not, they're, the majority aren't murderers too. Yeah, right? I mean, and it's wouldn't different. Ever. Sociopathy and yeah. psychopathy are two different things. Right. But not it's a, there's a fine line. It's very close. Yeah. <laughs> it's very close. Well, and also I think it's that if you're a sociopath and you don't have essentially it's like you don't have empathy, you don't have that connection, right? Mm-hmm. So it you are making a choice to care enough to fake laugh. Right. Yes. That's what's interesting to me is that's you know, the that's the divergence there is uh-huh. like who raised you that you know to do that mm-hmm. or you want to do that yeah. as opposed to wanting to go, I want to do whatever I want. Yeah. Yeah. We had a woman with a daughter that wrote in who was a sociopath wow. and it was just really interesting and fascinating and sad. Yeah. Like they're born that way. Right. You know? Yeah. Wait. All right. Da, 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 da. <laughs> uh, so Jodie Foster, Clarice is getting tested through the entire movie. I feel like is, it's just one giant test after test after test from either Scott Glenn. Um, and I feel like when I first used to watch that movie, I didn't think he was taking care of her enough. But now as an adult, I'm like, he was probably kind of doing the right thing, trying to bring her along to mm-hmm. be a good fed. I didn't understand at, in, until I watched it recently that he wasn't hitting on her. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. get that there wasn't actually sexual uh undertones there weren't it. right no i don't think so i don't but think I, so either but i think we both like to karen is the expert yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're both wrong no um well for me i always felt it was of course he couldn't do that so he's a fed uh-huh. he's like the person that can turn off his feelings and he has to for the job and all that yeah but i do feel like he picked her because he admired her he knew her story mm-hmm. he knows she's this fucking orphan that that is a self-made man and he knows how he hard her. she's trying he mm-hmm. picked and her and she challenged him in his class too yes and that's she, right yeah at the beginning you learn that yeah he remembers her uh-huh. and so he's like this is he has to have a woman there probably uh-huh. aren't that many to choose right. from but he knows the work she's been doing yeah i think it's that yeah right and he sets her up by not telling her 
at the very beginning, but he was like, you know, I couldn't tell you that. Right. Which was right. Exactly right. But I didn't, I think it took me being an adult watching this movie, even though I've seen it like kind of probably every year (laughs) since I've seen it in 1991, but it kind of finally hit home. Like he's probably doing the right thing as a boss. Yes, for sure. Mm -hmm. To train her in the right way. Yeah. You don't get trained by like what's what you want it to be right let's like you have to go in there and do the job that needs to get done and then learn something and yeah i mean the way i love the way when she first goes to see him like that whole conversation she has with barney Mm -hmm. where he's like calming her down Mm -hmm. and the more he tries to calm her down the crazier it makes me feel because it's like how bad is this gonna be that you are being this like and i'm gonna watch you and everything's fine and Uh we're fine but it's like Clearly nothing's fine yeah. if you're this, like, yeah. you have to be this calming. I just think that there's that, it's that, like, watching a person, which is also a lot like life, where uh-huh. we're students, but then we actually have to go and, like, really live it and do something real. Right. And it's not going to, who knows what it's really going to be like, but you have to go try. Yeah, like, the most uh, lame, innocuous version of that is you can take French classes till the cows come home. But until you go live in Paris for a year, yeah, uh, and I'm this is a coastal elite talking. <laughs> that was my reference. You really just got to live in Paris. Oh my God, you will you... love the cheeses so much. No, but it's true. You it's have terrible. to like. No, but yeah. you well, can't run sense. around on Quantico for the rest of your life. There's no like extra <laughs> scenes in that movie, and there is the scene where sh- they they run the drill and go and uh, you know swat into the room, and she's dead. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't. I don't know. That, doesn't look in the corner. Yeah, and yeah. There, and that's not an extra scene. It's there to be like uh-huh. she's not ready for you know that she still needs training but uh-huh. for some reason she's being thrown into this other world and, and that foreshadowing mm-hmm. then yeah. when you right. fuck, when she when he dips around that corner oh, all weird no. like a weirdo such a weirdo and she's like what? stop right there or whatever yeah. you know that this is a person mm-hmm. who already you're dead starling like yeah this is she's going to die you, yeah. that's what you know for a fact because if she didn't pass it when it was fake, yeah. mm-hmm. how in God's name now? It, I mean, how brilliant. It's a perfect movie. It's, yeah, a, per- it's, it's a perfect, perfect movie. It really is. There's not a wasted shot. Everything Music. has relevant. Oh, God, that score. Music's so good. Yeah. And every time I hear uh, American Girl, uh-huh. it's the only I thing I think of. And that's a Tom Petty song. That's hard to do. Yeah, it is. To, to overcome Tom Petty's Tom Pettiness. And I feel like there are directors who could have made that night vision goggle scene mm-hmm. um, really cheesy. Yeah. Like yeah. it could have kind of gone off the rails and turned into like an action movie. Her breathing. Like oh I almost had a panic attack when I saw it in the theater for the first time because it's so realistic when she's like. <laughs> and her hands yes. and she's yeah. moving yeah. around all It's funny. so real. Yeah. Have so you ever crazy. worn those night vision goggles? Mm-mm. No, but I think there's a. I think there's an app. You can simulate it? Yeah, you have a night vision camera on your phone. Really? Uh-huh. Well, that's frightening. I know. It's probably some kind of simulation because the technology is not yeah. there. Hopefully the... no nef- nefarious, nothing nefarious is happening there. Yeah, but... my brother-in-law's in the Marines, and so he let me play with him one night when I was like 17. Wow. And like walk around his neighborhood. It was pretty cool. Was it crazy? Yeah, it's amazing. Could you see tons of shit? Yeah, you could, I mean, it looks just like the movie. Like it, it <laughs> operates on available light, though, so you can't be in pitch darkness Uh. it'll it just amplifies like a candlelight times whatever thousand so um i guess i don't know if that's a mistake in the movie or not because i don't think there's maybe there's some light down there 
There's got to be something. Yeah, there's a little bit of light. From his weird sewing room. Oh, right. Under the door, maybe. With a Nazi blanket? That's right. Swastika blanket? Again. I never noticed that. Oh, that's right. It's it's so unnerving where you're just like, okay, this is weird. I don't like that he's putting on lipstick and Uh talking in this weird voice. I don't like that. And then it like passes by a thing where you're like, oh, this is not okay. (laughs) He's a Nazi? (laughs) Yeah, this isn't. I didn't notice. Another thing I didn't notice is that he's wearing... Uh, someone else's scalp when he's in front of the camera. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, and the penis tux. When he's yeah, doing he's putting his eye, number one. Yeah, when he's putting the eyeshadow on, uh-huh. there's a piece of scalp, and his hair is <gasps> full oh, and my blonde. God. He's got full blonde oh, hair. Oh shit, that's right. And I don't even think like, I noticed that. I always just assumed it was a wig. Nope. It's fuck. There's a piece of fucking scalp. T- Look I have up. not noticed that, that in the I believe twenty-five no, no, times. I mean, like you, you need to see this. <laughs> wow. That's good. I was, I've watched this movie. My wife and I are obsessed with this movie too. And it was on like whatever, five or six months ago. And I was in the bedroom and she didn't know it was on and she was in the kitchen doing something. And that scene was on and I paused it right at that moment and just sort of left it on the TV. <laughs> and then she, she walked in and looked and was just like, Oh Jesus. How cool would it be like, like, listen, if someone is at a dive bar with me, and puts on that song on the fucking jukebox. Oh, yeah. that creepy song that he dances to? They win awards. I can hear it. What song is Crying that? Crying over you. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, um, <laughs> oh is it Jean Loves Jezebel? Yeah, it's I think something... it is. It's of an obscure, yeah. like... But you can't hear that song in, immediately. No. Like, sometimes I can hear American Girl and not think of that. Yeah. But there's not no way one. you can hear that song yeah. without thinking of the penis duck. Yeah. Like, one of the creepier scenes ever. <laughs> well, now you know that he's also wearing scalp. <laughs> yeah, well, I got to... I gotta watch it yet again. And he has, he has the worst voice. Oh my like God. I'm, uh, my apologies to that actor, but it's like his voice is so deep, it feels like something's wrong. Yeah, and like so there's then, a moth stuck in. It. <laughs> <laughs> there's something in her throat. Well, she breaks the case. That's right. She's the one that discovers that in the picture. Yeah, yeah. You know, which is how we meet up with the nerds. Uh, which yeah. I didn't. Mm-hmm. They're smart. They were at her graduation. Yeah, they're dating. Well, they're friends. I don't know if they're dating. <laughs> they're dating. I think they're friends. Okay. I think they're good friends. I love. She it. probably is dating Ardelia Map, her roommate. Oh, quicker shit. than she's dating them, but still, <laughs> I love that they're friends. Like she, yeah. she's going to build a little life there. And he was the only person who, like, yes, came on to her, but not in it creepy way he was cute flirting with yeah her. it was sweet are you flirting with me <laughs> are you flirting with me doctor <laughs> my friend amy i just should say this my friend amy o'neill truly has watched this movie hundreds of times mm-hmm. and knows every single word uh-huh. and one time she and i were in wisconsin or something and uh i went to see her band and then we went back to my hotel room and it came on and she had to say every line like especially in the pauses and she turned to me and she goes i'm so sorry and i'm like no i love this yeah it was hilarious it's It's so good yeah uh and well he talks um speaking of his voice earlier with the couch scene and everything but the, the first time we really get that voice is you know, it puts the lotion in the basket. Yeah. yeah. And the way he's saying it is in the way he's sitting on the edge of the, the whatever. The well. The well yeah. It's just the fucking creepiest thing ever. Talking about it. Yeah. Just yes. referring to her as it is just chilling. And then the screaming at the end when he's mocking yeah. her screaming. Oh, and, my and God. putting it that she has tits. Like yes. part of it is look at this woman yes. screaming. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's so chilling. Yeah. It's insanity. Oh, so fucked up. And. The is that the part? Oh yeah, because that's the part where the basket goes back up and she sees uh, the fingernail uh-huh. and yes, the blood, right? Which is like 
it's those things. He understood so much that horror isn't like a knife in the eye. Uh -huh. It's like a bloody fingernail sitting on the thing. Yeah. Which we and had just heard about when they were doing the autopsy. Yeah, the autopsy. Like her nails, something is under her nails. Uh -huh. This, is, know this is city. This is city. Oh, yeah. right. With that fingernail. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, but also like she's, I get it. That's chilling to see the fingernails because she knows other women have been there, but like she knew what was going to end well anyway, right? I guess that was the straw. <laughs> it was the straw. The like, there's no escape. Yeah. There's yeah. no escape. That was when she truly realized. Other yeah. people have not escaped from the right. same well. And just, she was very sweet to take that dog at the end, too. I know. You know I loved that. Unless she, she went home and like strangled <laughs> yeah, the dog. The ultimate revenge. Yeah. But I do love that that. Uh, I love that she was down in that well. There was no escape. There's a bloody finger. And she still made a plan. Totally. She didn't fuck around. It was like Catherine Martin was nailed it in yeah. that way. We're just like, I'm still going to do something if I have to be yeah. down here and uh -huh. it's this bad. Yeah. And then it kind of worked. Like, yeah. that was a big, you know, like, so good. Every for the scraps, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> so they wind up in the third act. Uh, lectures in that that amazing set mm, that they built that so temporary cool. cage which makes no sense it makes no sense it's so don't ridiculous. question it um with so many so many weapons possible weapons yeah, yeah. it's like i saw that uh, have you ever been to the museum of moving image in queens new york no mm -hmm. is that what it, or it is it's great well they i went to see a madman exhibit a few years ago mm -hmm. there but they had a they had all the original artistic drawings of that set um, for the set designer, wow. and they had the the shot, the the drawing, the the, like the penciling of him, like yeah. you know, Splayed. like a, like with angel wings splayed yeah. up, which also so makes no sense whatsoever that he could have gotten him up there. But right, you just don't even question that kind of shit because it looks amazing. And I do think it was from the book. Oh really? Oh. I, from what I remember, I, I could be wrong, but I feel like that whole thing of we had to, we were moving him from here to there. We have to stop here. Mm -hmm. We have to do a makeshift you know, SWAT team style cage right. or whatever. Um, huh. I'm pretty sure. Which they borrowed from the local zoo, presumably. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a human cage. Yeah. Um, we could rent it from, from. Uh... Let's give him some privacy when he's on the toilet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, that, it's, it's only decent. Humanity. Uh, that whole sequence is great, though. Uh, the only thing that kind of took me out of the movie is when uh, Chris Isaac weirdly <laughs> shows up. Oh, shit. Yep. Yeah. How did I? Oh, my God. That's Chris Isaac. Yes. It's Chris Isaac inexplicably it's chris it's chris isaac who's like i'm a huge musician huge. star at mm -hmm. the time but i feel like i want to dip my toe into acting yeah oh here i get three lines in this movie yeah. like, a rom -com, which yeah. would make sense for chris yeah, isaac right. yeah he must have been friends with jonathan demi i assume so because demi puts a lot of his old pals like in his movies he also looks a lot like uh what's the the our villain who's the leader of the psychiatric hospital Oh, Dr. Chilton? Yeah, yeah, I think they look too similar to be together. And like, personally, I was, I saw his face and it's really similar. Oh, that's true. Similar to who? Dr. Chilton. Dr. Chilton. Oh, yeah. There's like fleshy angles and stuff. Is <laughs> <laughs> that insulting? Sorry, Chris Isaac, I love you. Actually, my friend Brent, uh, I'm friend is very generous. A guy that used to drink at the same bar we used to drink at. <laughs> Brent, friend. Who was, best friend. Who was a really close friend of mine. He was like, there was stand-up comics. There was 
Groundlings people and there was Actors Gang people mm-hmm. who would all go to this bar, Fellini's, in the 90s. Fun. It was very, very fun. Brent is one of those um, SWAT team guys. Oh, no way. He's the kind of like, he's the one that's like, it's going back down. Like, he's the elevator, oh, yeah, the like younger that. looking guy that uh-huh. looks a little bit like you shouldn't be involved yeah. in Like the goofy one? Yes. The one who walks her up, who takes her up initially? Yes. Holy shit. And so that took me out of it because I was yeah. so excited. By the time we got to that point in the movie, I was uh-huh. like, this is the best movie ever made. Yeah. And then Brent shows and up the and I was like, friend. Brent, Brent, you get to be in the best movie ever made. Oh, like, I know that's a pretty significant part. You and know? there's good Isaac, too. Yeah. Yeah, that is weird. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't notice until, and I've seen this movie so many times, but Lecter kills fucking seven people Whoa. in the first hour that he gets out of that thing. <laughs> oh, shit. He kills two cops, four in the ambulance, because they say they found the ambulance. And, right. And so whoever's recapping, and they said, and a tourist. Right. They oh, just yeah, throw yeah. that in on the phone. Yeah. Because he, he gets his seven people in an hour. Outfit. Yeah. As soon as he's out with that brilliant plan with the uh, with the pin uh, clip or whatever. Yeah. Yes. Without which a is hitch. Just so creepy. Slipping that thing in his mouth. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. So it just good. has that shot of the pin, and you see him mm-hmm. looking at it, and you're like, oh, this is not going to end well for mm-hmm. anyone. <laughs> uh, and then the end, that that cross cutting sequence at the end of the movie, um, is so brilliantly played out. I don't know why this didn't win best editing. Because mm. it was just such a clever bit of misdirection. Yeah, you, you don't see. Don't it know coming. what's going on. Yeah. Wait, which part? Because you there, the SWAT team is going in oh, on the house. Yes. Yeah. And she's like, ding dong, gorgeous, <laughs> yeah. gorgeous, and fresh off Frederica Bimmel's house, right? She was like, uh-huh. yeah, basically met the friend. The friend was like creepy ass Polaroids, and she yes. thinks that they're a couple states over catching the guy. So right. he's yes. where he's still out here. Right. He's not out here anymore. Yeah. Right. They're taking care of it. Yeah. yeah. But she, because she's Clary Starling, starts to sniff it out. Right. And uh, he, what was it? Of course, the classic line, she that great, she that great, 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 great fat person. Fat yeah. person. Size 14 roomie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, the other creepy part of that scene is when, the way he drops those uh, business cards. Uh-huh. He just sort of lets them fall away in his hands. And then he like, well, yeah, oh, he, just did it. he giggles. He, it. he, he giggles, and, but he goes sideways, yeah. like hip first yeah. out yeah. the door. <laughs> it's such which a specific is move. Not right. No. It's like whatever you just did, it looks like you made yourself look like a snake. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> You're the creepiest totally. human being on the planet. <laughs> and then we pass, well, first we pass over the um, sewing stuff and there's a fucking death's head moth yep. creeping on over them. Yeah. And that's her moment of, because this guy's not right. Clearly there's something wrong with this yeah, guy. Yeah, but, but when then, she sees that moth, it all comes full circle. She's being, she's already being just normal, quiet, uh-huh. asking questions. Then she's like, um, may I have to use your phone, please? Yeah. <laughs> she just perfectly <laughs> does it the way you would do it if you were face to face with a fucking serial yeah. killer. Trying to keep a lid on it. Uh-huh. May I use your phone, please? And you get the feeling because she's so good. She's probably right as she walks in like, this feels like a kill house. Yeah. Yeah. But they're giving him in another state. But this feels like a kill house. Set design is fucking amazing. Like, I I feel like in another life I was supposed to be a set designer because I'm always like, the the pan of eggs that's like on the fucking stove and Uh just those weird little touches of clearly this is someone else's house that hasn't been lived in or walked in or cleaned or cleaned <laughs> and it's like yeah it's it, it's quiet and still compared to what's going on downstairs uh-huh. it's just so great and he's just he's almost unpeeling his own wrapper because she's just asking regular questions but then he's like mm-hmm. oh wait wait a second there's not a great big fat person yeah. he, she, he's doing things where she's like wait why'd you yeah, who that's would a weird say that thing to say. yeah and he keeps you know like 
asking this the the way the that catch that plays guy out. Yeah. I think he asked. Mm-hmm. Well, and because of the misdirection and they're breaking into the wrong house, like you know, as a viewer, she's all alone. Yeah. Yes. And that's just such a like a vulnerable feeling as a as an audience member to know that this rookie student is in front of like the worst serial killer ever. Yeah. And she's got no backup. Yeah. Like nobody's coming. Nobody's coming. Also, I think that the going into Frederica Bimmel's room mm-hmm. scene is one of my favorite scenes of any movie. Yeah. Because she is just trying to collect information. She doesn't know. She doesn't have a plan. Mm-hmm. And she kind of goes up and is looking around. And it's this thing of like, it's it's that thing of like why women should be cops. It's like when you go into another woman's room, right. you know where her fucking underpants, Polaroids are hidden. Yeah. Right. You know where you <laughs> hid your shit. You know what's off and what's staged because you would never leave your shit that yeah, way. Exactly. I never thought about that. And the, like all of those things that they... They, she, I think she even follows the cat up. It's like oh, she's yeah. the cat meows from her room. Mm-hmm. The cat's like come into this fucking sewing room. Yeah. So they, it, like there are things <laughs> the in there that it. they did that it's like it's not all just horror. It's not all just action. It's not. Right. There's just this. There's that kind of how how it is. I think when people work on things and it's like you don't really know why you turned left and went into yeah. that room. Maybe the cat meowed or whatever. But yeah. suddenly you're here and. Mm-hmm. And, oh, she has the same jewelry box I had. Why is this edge pulled? Uh-huh. And, like, that moment where she pulls the top out of that uh-huh. jewelry box, yeah. it was, like, as like, a what girl, the fuck is, in there? is, like, thrilling. It's like, yes, this is exactly mm-hmm. how it would be. This is the realness of it. We it all reminds, have that jewelry box. It, it's very, like, a Twin Peaksy moment, I think, too. Or I don't know which one came first. Probably Twin Peaks, right? I don't know. Um, They're actually kind of right around the same time. Yeah. Because yeah. it was, like, early college for me. Yeah. Like the secrets that women keep, uh-huh. the secret that girls keep. That's right. Yeah, guys, cool. a dude would not have. No. He would have walked in that room and I'm like, nothing to see here. Yeah. Right. Just like cleared a shelf with his arm and right. then walked the fuck out. <laughs> and also. Farted and then left. <laughs> <laughs> Looking around, making sure the dad's still outside. Pushing back the, the dresses uh-huh. in the closet and mm-hmm. the diamond patterns. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Was Which also seen a, like chilling. Moment. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Uh, and then we get the great night vision scene where, you know, the, the creepiest shit ever is when he's reaching out to her and mm-hmm. just kind of like fucking with her mm-hmm. and she can feel him. Like you can sense after she's told Catherine, like, it's all good. Yeah. yeah. And like, yelling it loud enough. Come back here, their you way. Bitch. Yeah. Come like, back here, you bitches. <laughs> like, that's so real. Not like, I'm so glad you're here. It's like. Mm-hmm. It is so real. Fucking save me. Get me out of here. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to sit tight. Yeah. Yeah. While this, you know, 21 year old. Who I've never right. met with a little gun. And you don't know how crazy he is. She's like, he's a psycho. Yeah. You don't, yeah. don't go after him. Also, the way she was trying to do, like, form perfect. Yeah. Dipping yeah. her head into the well to talk to uh-huh. her. Yeah. So, Shutting like, all those doors. Like, yeah. She's, she's, her training is, like, kicking in at this point. But it's the creepiest training room she's ever been yeah. in. Yeah. Like, it's beyond horrifying. Yeah. It just And then every room she goes into, because I... Every room she goes into is answers. Uh, and it's got to be so exciting to be like, and this is where he's been keeping them. This is, you know, what he's doing with them. This right. is how he got to this. You know, it's like every room, it's it's like a um, escape room. Yes. Uh-huh. And so, a you room know. Filled with fucking moths. Right. Insane. Just don't die because now you have the answers. Yeah. If you just don't die, you can actually yeah. get this guy. Right. Yeah. Or I'm going to be in that fucking well. Exactly. With Catherine. Yeah. Um, 
And I think now that we talked about the cat part, now I have that thing where it's like, that is a little bit of the laced through intuition magic mm-hmm. thing that got laid in a little bit where it's in the instincts so that when mm-hmm. she hears his, the gun cock, yeah. she has that, in, you know what I mean? She's, she trusts herself because she's already been right. Like yeah. she's yeah. already proven it right. Where it's like, however you get to the answer, you got to the answer. So trust yeah. yourself yeah. that you were right. And she blows his ass away. Like, yeah, she destroys his whole situation. Yeah. The way he and, dies. What a beautiful death. Oh, his hands yeah. up by his so, head. Like, it's creepy. Perfect. Yeah. And he doesn't, you know, it's not the, the trope thing where he comes back to life, no. which was great. But that would have been kicks such his a gun away, which yeah. is so cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That training kicking in. Again. Yeah. Because yeah. now she's like, oh, I get why you do this. Yeah. I get why you shut all the doors. I get it. <laughs> and we didn't even talk about the senator scene. Oh, jeez. Which is one of the great scenes that. Talk about art direction. Yeah. Like building that fucking uh, hanger furniture dolly that yeah. he was strapped oh, to with so that brilliant. mask. It's so iconic. Have you seen there's a thing where they test out all the masks? There, no, there was no. lots of choices of what what kind of hockey wow. mask or like what kind of mask they were uh-huh. going to use. And it's just funny. It's like Anthony Hopkins with the what I do love about that scene is that it, he is in this humiliating powerless position and the scene ends with him having all the power despite that and it's yeah. just such a testament to him and his acting in the script and it's really cool and like his as Dr. Lecter it's uh, all about his words the way he yeah. uses words mm-hmm. but like he just destroys yeah. her yeah anthrax <laughs> island <laughs> you will be free to walk and then the great uh denouement at the end with um with him you know you're rooting for hannibal to fucking eat chilton yes. <laughs> it's some bit of magic that demi pulls where you're like yeah go great. kill and eat that guy yeah. Do you know why we couldn't figure out why he was there like why Chilton went right there? I think he was just vacation. Yeah, right? getting vacation? away for yeah, okay. a, a weird trip. Okay, he and maybe he was it, has it. I think he said something to the guy when he gets off the plane that maybe said like he was there for a conference or something like that. But I didn't yeah. catch it, so. like a psychi- psychiatrist yeah. conference or yeah. something. Yeah, or which was in Brazil, I guess, or something yeah. or Cuba. I don't yeah. even know where that was. It may say I'm not even sure. Yeah, or I how Hannibal ends up calling this random phone. At graduation. Yeah. Oh, the phone Don't in the hallway? Ask. Sure, right. sure. Yeah, that pay phone that's right by the graduation every year. But that's, uh, that's a great moment, though, when he says, you know, the world's more interesting with you in it. Yeah. And that's the nature of their relationship. Like, he doesn't so, want to kill her. Little father daughtery. Yeah. Well, it's like he's he makes choices about who he kills. So yeah. there's almost, you almost respect He's just not some yeah. berserking animal. He's like right. a gentleman and cannibal. And he won't take he won't take credit for killing uh, Hester Moffat. Right, like he doesn't want these right. the, the yeah. number of kills. Yeah, that's true. He's that's like, not that why wasn't he's doing me. It. I just he's not about that. Yeah, it's a really it's not about that. <laughs> My favorite like, of all the when I was looking through the gifts, um, and there's some great ones. There's one that somebody made where when it's the reveal of when that that wall ends and you can see his um, mm-hmm. cell, they put all these like hot topic posters <laughs> behind him. So like right behind him, there's a Hello Kitty poster. Oh my god, it's so hilarious. Like. <laughs> Every inch of his walls are covered oh, with posters. Like strips, not posters. Yeah, exactly. Oh, people are the best sometimes. That's great. <laughs> the best. Um, and that's the end of the movie. Uh, you know that he's going to, and she says, you know, you know, I can't promise you that. Like, he knows that she's going to come yeah. after him. She knows that. 
But that's like part of that, like the beautiful dance that Demi creates from the beginning. Yeah. Just so great. It is. All right. We finished with uh, a couple of quick things. What Ebert said. This movie is a complete disappointment. I always like to go back and see what Roger Ebert thought. Nice. Four stars, of course, for this one. Mm -hmm. Uh, The secret of silence is that it doesn't start with a cannibal. It arrives at him through the eyes and minds of a young woman. The popularity of Jonathan Demme's movie is likely to last as long as there is a market for being scared. Uh, Amen. (laughs) But Silence of the Lambs is not merely a thrill show. It is also about two of the most memorable characters in movie history, Clarice Starling and Hannibal Lecter and their strange, strained relationship. Yeah. And then five questions. First movie you remember seeing in the theater? Back to the Future. Ooh, good. <laughs> Pete's Dragon. Oh. <laughs> I'm so old. <laughs> oh, I, I saw Pete's Dragon. That was like, five, I mean, I was probably five, right? Or yeah. I mean, really young Disney. Yeah, I think uh-huh. I was, I think it was, I was five when Back to the Future came out. Yeah. And it was just like, well, fuck, my life is, this is it. Yeah, that's uh-huh. crazy. <laughs> That's a good first one. Uh, first R-rated movie. I think you already said Little right? Darlings. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh God, I don't know what year it came out. I want to. Oh, we just watched so much shit um, that I can remember. Uh, what's the one with the killer toy? Child's Play. Oh, <laughs> the killer Chucky? toy. Chucky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a terrible movie to see as a child. Uh-huh. Was my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. This is all explaining a lot. <laughs> Literally no supervision. I just want to. Little darlings in child's play. Yes. Uh, we walk out of a bad movie. Hell yes. Yes. I stormed out of Van Helsing. Oh, really? I was, wow. Because also I saw it at the Vista. And you know, sometimes. Oh, the best. The Vista, it, when they get it right, it's perfect. Mm. But in this, because there was so much gling gling sword fucking play in oh, Van God. Helsing. <laughs> Seizure town. It was. It was like my eardrums were like, "Please get us out of here." And yeah. I had told I was with my boyfriend at the time and my other friend, and I kept going, "It's too loud. I can't." And I kept saying, it, and they were like, yeah, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And I just fucking got up and left and drove home. I was like, "Get home on your own." I'm so livid. Yeah. Because it was sword a, play. It was a boring movie anyway, and yeah. it was like it was physically painful to watch. Yeah, I never saw that, but my friend Scotty, uh, who's a DP, said. Uh, he had a four-word review, Van Helsing, Van Horrible, <laughs> which we still laugh at today for some reason because it's just so dumb. It's right yeah. on. Uh, will you walk out? I will, but I also am, it's really hard to get me to go see a movie in the theater. Oh, really? I really don't enjoy it, partly because of the, the sound. I have, like, a really sensitive hearing. Uh-huh. We, I think the only movie I've seen with you is the Mad Max movie recently. Oh, yeah. Which is one of the only movies which I've seen in a really theater loud. in five. Yeah, yeah I, had, I was in my seat with shit in my ears, uh-huh. but I was enjoying it, so I stayed. You should get, uh, you know, they make earplugs for bands that... Oh, uh, they fit you specifically, right? Well, they fit you, but they also allow in the uh-huh. right sounds. Oh. So it's not just like sticking your fingers in your ears. Yeah, I should get those. They're okay. They work all right. I'm highly sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you some ear- earplugs, doll. Thank you. It's not fine. about murder, though. <laughs> no, about no, no, I'm things. fine with that. <laughs> uh, all right, number four, I tailor to the guests. So right here I have... Who plays Karen and Georgia in the My Favorite Murder biopic? Oh, I think it's the Gilmore Girls, right? <laughs> That'd be pretty good, That's actually. Not, I didn't make that up. I was about to go, well, Jodie Foster could come back for her. <laughs> she she really both of us. Yes, ex- oh, my God. That, she just switches wigs. Yeah. <laughs> and it's straight into camera also. Stand here, stand like, here. She, and she moves her body. It's not yeah. even. I guess if they can do that with the fucking Winklevoss twins. 
They right? can double yeah. up Army Hammer. They can double up Jodie Foster. Oh, that's right. it. That's our answer. I, mean, I can't think of anybody. Else. Answer. Uh, and then finally, movie going one hundred and one. What's your what's your jam at the movies? Where do you sit? What do you get? My, mine is I love the arc light. I'm I hope it's not really Scientologist based. Because yeah. is that a theory now? That's oh, yeah. a theory that it's basically a company that is funded by or Scientology makes money. Off oh. it. but I don't care because. <laughs> Normal movie theaters is just the worst people. It's like people go to check their phones uh-huh. these days. It's oh, everyone's gotten ew. so ill mannered in the movie theater. So I love the arc light because they take it seriously. They take it. It's cushy. Mm-hmm. Everybody's there to actually do the thing that you're supposed to be doing. Right. You know, people don't like talk or fuck around. Um, always on the aisle. Usually. Oh, really? If you are facing, if I'm the screen looking up, right hand side, wow. okay. like halfway up. Uh-huh. Um, right but all the, the way out to the edge, huh? Yeah. Because you need to pee-pee or because you just <laughs> I don't want to get, get the fuck out of there? I, yeah, in I case. don't want to get involved. I okay. don't want The idea is <laughs> when you stand and have to walk down that row at the end and you kind of bounce oh. against everything, <laughs> I just am always like, what if something happens? Let's kick, just kick over. you just like a clean exit. Coke, I just want to get out. <laughs> well, like it that. is funny. as like as I get older, uh, a group of us went and saw Beck in Atlanta um, recently at this place called the Tabernacle, which has this old church that has three really steep balconies wow. we're on the very last row and young chuck would have just been like yeah whatever like these seats are shitty old chuck was like we're gonna die if anything <laughs> yeah. happens in here yeah if there's a fire if there's That's, if I, things I, start happening one of the many reasons i can't go to a movie is i'm like yeah we're what, dead what would happen right now yeah so many bad things yeah um what do you eat Oh, I like, well, if I'm really going to go for it, I'll get popcorn and then put M&M's into it. Yes. I was going to say that with um, usually plain. Okay. Oh, yeah. Junior mints and that. Then popcorn is a nice mix, too. You mix junior mints in? I'll put them in my hand together because they'll melt otherwise. Right. I was junior say. mints and popcorn are good <laughs> together. Yeah, that's what Lauren uh, Cook does. Oh, Oh my god, that's my uh-huh. friends. And a can of wine that I bring in my purse. <laughs> yes. Yes. yes, they have booze in fucking movies. I'm yeah. not, I don't smoke pot, so I can't like get high. I mean, that's the other reason to go to the arc light is you just drive up to the roof, get your <laughs> get done whatever you choose to get done in your lifestyle. Is there lifestyle. a bar up there? No, no. you fucking smoke pot up there. Oh, sure. Is there a bar? There's a bunch of pot. <laughs> is there a secret bar I wasn't invited to? I don't live here anymore, so I don't know what's going on. They built the arc, arc light like right before I left. Oh, oh yeah. But they have they have places in Atlanta that have uh, just regular theaters where you can buy beer and wine. There's and stuff. screenings at the Arc Light where you can do that. Yeah, boozy but, screenings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they, they, they make it available. Drunk people <laughs> for certain. It's like the, for certain shows, they're like yeah. this one. They'll be drinking. At. Yeah, yeah. But I have to pee so much when I drink, so I just yeah. couldn't do it because I don't want to miss much. Wear a diaper. <laughs> and that's the perfect way to end this one. Thank you, ladies. This Thank was so you. Great. This was awesome. This was so much fun. Yeah. Movie Crush is produced and written by Charles Bryant and Noel Brown, edited and engineered by Seth Nicholas Johnson, and scored by Noel Brown here in our home studio at Ponce City Market, Atlanta, Georgia, for iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. 
plus at these prices? You're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids, no plug needed. let's go. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. (laughs) You can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified, diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. 